Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Mr. Baker here, aka Baker Turtle here, back again with an, with another Baker Turtle podcast. And uh, today is going to be a very, very interesting one because um, it, it gets pretty personal around here sometimes. And, um, and you can just tell by the title of the episode, I'm going to, I'm going to title it something, but, um, you know, a little bit of detail about my, my childhood growing up is that, you know, my, uh, my father was a little bit absent from my life. Well, I wouldn't say a little bit, um, you know, for, for a good, good portion of it. And, uh, our relationship is not so great to say the least. And, uh, you know, I've I've made a lot of attempts to try to reestablish a relationship with him over the years, and uh, <clears throat> he has he has a lot of issues that that he's got going on, and um, and it's affected his ability to be you know a good father, and you know there's a lot of personal stuff about it, but I I've this this episode I've struggled to come to terms with doing. Uh, I wasn't even sure if I was gonna do this episode, but when i i talked to more people uh more and more people felt like this is something that i should share with more people um because they've felt inspired and you know some people are saying man i should write this as like a short story or i should write a book or um and others have even said um that i should um, talk about this on my podcast and um you know with the encouragement from others i feel like i guess I guess maybe they're right. Maybe this and this is something I should do here. But I uh, I ended up I, I wrote it a letter to my dad um, because of a lot of the issues that's been going on with him, and uh, it, it's hard for him to receive uh, me talking to him like that. So um, and also with a letter, it's also sometimes better to to get it from a from a voice um with the right inflections and the right emphasis on the right words so uh, maybe this could be uh, a better way to receive that kind of letter but um you know just to give a little bit of backstory about my uh relationship with my father um he has some mental illness that he's got going on which has uh led him to be um getting in trouble with the law often and he did something very, very, very bad a long, long time ago, which uh, is the reason why uh, my mom and him uh, split up. So, you know, by the time I was one years old, my mom and my dad were already split. And he tried to make a, an effort, especially early on, to be in our lives. But um, his inability to um, stop drinking and get in trouble has led him to, you know, being uh, arrested sometimes and stuff like that. So... Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, this is a difficult topic for me to, to talk about, but like I said, uh, I think the main motivation for me talking about this is I think by me talking about this, this can help others with similar issues out there to be able to, um, you know, have some cathartic release or maybe, you know, through me be able to, um, say some things that they've always wanted to say to their parent, um, and sometimes uh, they don't even need to hear it. Sometimes just like getting that out can help with the healing process. So, um, and that's something that I did. But 
anyways, like I was saying with, with my dad, he, he went absent when I was about uh, four, five, six, around there, and more and more, I, I saw him less and less, and I'll go into more detail as I read um, my letter that I wrote him, but um, lately, he's been, um, you know, for a, for a long time, he went, he came back in my life when I was about 18, and him and I have started to kind of try to establish an adult relationship, and uh, it's been pretty successful, I would say, mostly because of my ability to be mature and forgiving and patient and all that, and all those things. Um, and for the most part, it's been pretty good. But over the years, you know, some things have been taking the toll that uh, I feel like I've not said when I should have said th- some things. So, um, you know, I do take some blame in allowing things to get this far, I guess, without everything being said. Because um, this, what I'm about to say, has been needed to be said for a long long time and um kind of like leading along the relationship but i just kind of was giving uh, my dad a lot of chances to establish a a more mature relationship with me and to show that he's changed his ways and and everything like that and um some through some recent actions he's shown that maybe he's not uh ready to to do that but um like i said hopefully you know, maybe some words that I'm saying today can reach out to him and and uh, um, maybe, you know, just affect even the littlest things. But another uh, reason why I've done it this way is because I feel like this is something that you can go back to over and over and listen and try to understand again uh, moreover. But um, about a month ago, my relationship with my dad took a, a really rocky turn because um, I have two brothers and they are not in contact with my dad as much um, for their own reasons. And, you know, I still kind of keep in talk- contact with them and um, and we all kind of know the reasons why they don't want to talk to him. And it's I understand it. Um, and the reason why I do still have a relationship with my dad is because I'm able to tolerate it. I'm very, very patient. Um probably much more patient than I should be sometimes but you know it's that's just the way it goes and because I I, you know I know these things I'm able to try to like be a a middleman like a messenger from my dad to my other brothers and uh, my dad has tried to uh, have um, relationships with with them and uh, I I try to tell him that you know they don't want to talk to him and uh, he still kind of bugs me through that but the way that my dad my dad sometimes talks about them he he you know he he likes to joke around in a teasing way um you know that's what he would say he's joking around but sometimes it could be a little like uh he's a little insulting he can be you know called you know and if you if you try to bring it up it you know he might it might be uh, considered you might be like sensitive about it and i don't know it's 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 difficult to explain without context cuz you know as as you know i'm doing this on my podcast with a little with my audience uh that doesn't really know a lot of things but um you know with the little context that i think that i can give hopefully it does help to understand but uh i'll just start from where i think uh it's relevant in the sense that uh like i said about a month ago our relationship took a turn because um we were having a conversation like normal and he'll call me up 
and usually when he calls me up it's just it's like small talk he's like hey how you doing and it's just like same old like you know nothing whatever just working it's always those kind of talks and um you know sometimes especially in the past um he would be uh asking to borrow some money 20 bucks here you know 40 bucks there whatever um and throughout time i I wanted to do that less and less because he would pay me back moreover. Like if it was twenty bucks, he wanted to pay me back thirty bucks. If it was like fifty bucks, he wanted to pay me back sixty bucks. You know, and so on and so on. Uh, and I became more and more uncomfortable with that because of the fact that you know, he kept asking more and more, which meant that you know his money issues weren't weren't fixed, and he was continuously having money issues. And him paying me back moreover, it, it wasn't helping him, uh, and I didn't want to you know, be a part of that, and, um, I didn't want to, like, enable that kind of, like, oh, borrowing and paying back, and so I was like, no, I don't want to do that anymore, so, and I said that a couple times, and, uh, so anticipating his calls is, you know, can be a little anxiety-driven, and it's just like, mm, what, what's he gonna be, um, asking about, or, uh, sometimes he'll be complaining about, uh, because he lives with, uh, his mom, my grandma, and his sisters, my aunts, and, uh, so he'll, he'll sometimes, like, complain about their behavior or whatever, um, or he'll talk about his work, which, you know, it can be pretty interesting on for him. Um, he's also uh, plays some video games sometimes, so, you know, we, we can have some conversations, but for the most part, it's not very, um, uh, it sounds a little, maybe a little rude, but it doesn't seem very worthwhile sometimes, but I was trying to have a conversation with him last month. And I was on the phone. I was actually having like a long conversation. I was like actually giving him the time, and we were talking. And we were, and the more and more we talked, uh, the more things were brought up. And and uh, you know it, you know, obviously as as our father, us sons of his is a big part of his life, and he thinks about it often. So obviously it's going to be brought up. And he's you know as always talking about my other brothers. And he's he's telling me if I can get a hold of them to um, to talk to him. And he's like, "Yeah, tell your bozo brothers if give me a call every now and then. Let me know they're okay." And then, and this is something that's I've we've talked about before. And I told him, "Well, they don't really want to, you know, talk to you. Just you know, um, just you know, forget about it." And uh, it still bothers him. But um, so when he he brought that up, I was trying to like, it still was evident to me that he didn't understand why they didn't want to talk to him it's like he he gets this feeling like he's entitled to um to them talking he gets upset and it bothers him uh when they don't want to reach out to him and it's like he doesn't understand why uh and it's like this lack of self-awareness of you know why and so um i tried to let him know like hey you know well the reason why they don't want to talk to you is they have some you know some pretty good reasons and you know, as I was trying to get into, you know, well, you know, you, you tend to talk down and, you know, you, you know, and also, you know, the past when you were largely absent from their lives and you just come in and, and as I started to talk about this more and more, he's just cutting me off and saying, you know, I don't want to hear this, son. This is the past. This is the past. Just let it go, guys. Just let it go. Come on. He just wants peace in the present and he just wants us to forget about the past and all the, the, the shit that he's done and he just wants to move on and he just... Uh, wants everything to be cool and it's just like he doesn't understand that um us brothers you know we have some you know maybe some resentment or some things that are unsettled and he hasn't like properly apologized hasn't it hasn't been resolved and uh, so i was trying to explain that to him and uh he just kept 
uh, getting more and more frustrated and upset. And I was trying to tell him, hey, you know, this conversation is pretty important to me because it also affects me. And it's just like you can't just be dismissing over it and just saying, oh, get over it. And um, so the conversation escalated and escalated more and more. And uh, um, and I was telling him that, you know, the this is important to me. And if you can't have this conversation, then it's going to affect our relationship. And as I would say that, you know, that would he would understand he would that would settle him down and, you know, make him understand. Like, OK, OK, because he values our relationship because, um, you know, I am the son that talks to him the most and everything. So um, he I think he values my relationship above well, not above, you know, he, he loves all of us equally. But what I mean is, you know, um, the fact that I'm willing to give him the chance and the opportunity, I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't want to lose that. Uh, and I wasn't I wasn't throwing it in his face kind of like to blackmail him or, or to use it as like a manipulation or anything. I was just letting him know like, hey, you know, um, it, I, I can't have a relationship if with you if this is how you're going to react when we bring up the past. Um, anyways. He just kept, you know, cutting me off saying, you know, um, you know, just stop. Let's let's get over it. You know, I don't want to hear it, son. And he's getting very, very mad. And, you know, he's starting to get very, um, you know, upset because maybe he's he, taking it like uh, saying that he was our parent and that um, I shouldn't be, you know, talking to him this way. And, you know, who does who do I think I am talking to him like this? And like it was just getting worse and worse. And eventually, I was just like, you know, uh, you need to calm down because you know, I can't have the conversation if you're just going to be yelling like this and cutting me off and not letting me talk. We can't even have a conversation. And that upset him more. And then so on, so on, so on and so forth. And he and eventually just like he just hung up on me. And the way it ended, it was like I it was not I did not appreciate that. It was like this is not it's not cool. And um, and then it was still unsettled. So not only did he hang up on me, there's still the issue of like the past and like why my brothers don't want to talk to him. And uh, so uh, he ended up texting me that he was a, uh, he was sorry. Um, he was saying something like, "Hey, I'm sorry, but I'm grouchy." Okay, peace, son. Please take that as um, take that and uh, enjoy. So and I, I just didn't want to be bothered by it. I was pretty busy anyway, so I just ignored it. And um, he he calls me a lot anyway and. And usually I'm busy, doesn't really have much to talk about, so I just ignore. And because of the way it ended and the topic that we were talking about, I really did not want to talk to him at all. And I was just like also really busy. So um, for a long time, I was ignoring him. He just kept calling, kept texting me, and I was ignoring, ignoring. He's like, uh, call me, son, it's important. And another thing is that usually he'll say something's important when it's not really important. And... Um, so that you know it's like the whole boy who cried wolf thing so it's like it, it doesn't really um doesn't really do anything to me to say that oh it's emergency it's important because it's it, it hardly isn't um anyway so he just keeps going that for for the whole month and the whole month i'm actually like reevaluating my relationship with my dad like you know what am i doing like what 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 is this like if he can't even uh talk about the past am i just gonna let him get away with you know um well, we just move on from that, like, and I just forgive him, and it's just, like, he can still, like, talk to us the way he talks, and, and it's not just about the past, it's the fact that, like, you know, he still treats me like I'm a kid, and talks down to me, and it's always, you know, how he has much more experience than me, and he knows better, and everything like that, and it's just, like, there's no uh, room for, like, an honest conversation, I think, because it's always, like, this weird, this weird, uh, like, power struggle thing that he has where it's just like he gets offended 
if if I talk to him in a way that he doesn't I don't know it's appreciate or something it's like it's like or he doesn't see me as an adult or something I don't I have no idea but um so eventually he did uh text me again and like I said the whole month I was thinking like what what do I um what am I going to say to him when I do eventually talk to him cuz it's like I can't I can't just move on from that it's like you got to address the fact that he hung up on me and 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 also the topic um so I was like you know what I'll I'll write him a letter and I'll send it to him but I still I still kept putting it off and putting it off cuz I was doing a lot of thinking as well but it was just like okay I'll do it later but like I said I was thinking a lot but he did send me a text message and I'll read it here um it's a pretty confusing you know i, I do want to say you know he like i said he does have a mental illness he is bipolar schizophrenia i think and uh, he does ha- tend to get uh delusional sometimes and i'm not saying that what he's saying is delusional i'm just saying that just you know ha- having that awareness can bring a lot of context to here but uh he goes on to text me because he he listens to some of my podcast episodes um and as Many of you should know in the podcast that I do review One Piece, uh, the manga, and so he knows about it. And so this is what he says. He says, hey, boy, do you read your One Piece magazine, Weekly Shonen Jump? Does it cost something? I will pay for it for you. Our family are losing our image with the good people like you. Let me know, okay? By the way, I listened again to, quote, Redemption on the 19th of March. You did a podcast that day. I got some sleep last night, and I can think better. I'm sorry to bug you so much, but you are my kid, in parentheses, man, and you don't remember a lot of what I did with you when you were very young. I was the person who took you to your first class in school. You were so timid and scared. I had to stay about an hour until you felt comfortable and safe. Me and my wife had a bet. I was right. One would be an artist and one would be an athlete. I won the bet 30 years later. Um, do you remember that? No, but the past is the past. And I really get mad when someone tries to take credit for what grandma and myself and other family members have done to get you young adults secure, solid, and safe. I'm over it, son. No need to thank me anymore. By the way, I had a Japanese sensei when I was a young boy, and I've always had a passion for Latin and Asian culture. I'm glad you jumped on board. Call me when you can. Peace, son. Love you. Peace out. So him saying that kind of bugged me, like some of the things he said, and I was like, okay. These are some things I have to address because he just keeps keeps going. And uh, so I was like, let me sit down and write write him a letter. Because some of the things like the um, like how he was throw- he was saying how um, I don't remember a lot that he did, how, I, how he took me to my first class and that he you know gets mad when um, someone tries to take credit for what he did. And so it's like I see what he's trying to do. Like he. He probably doesn't think that uh, I'm grateful for the kind of dad he is. And I probably, you know, he probably thinks he did a lot more than he really did. And um, he wants to, like, it's it comes from, like, a sense of insecurity as, like, a father. And he's wanting to prove to himself and just kind of, like, highlight to me and say, look, 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 look what I did. Um, you know, and he doesn't want other people to take credit. He wants to, like, kind of, like, prove to me that he is... He does know me. He is a good dad, and the whole artist athlete thing is pretty weird. The bet thing—that's—it's—it's it's like I don't even know who he's talking about. Me and my wife—I don't know what wife he's talking about. Um, thirty years later, like, how? I, like, did he make a bet thirty years ago before we were even born? And, you know, it's very confusing like that. I don't even know, but um, 
you know, just but based off of that stuff, it just comes off to me wrong. So I wanted to sit down and write the email. And so as I started to do that, he messages me again. Um, again, I'm not responding to his calls, his texts or anything. Um, I'm, I just sit down to start typing my uh, letter to him. And he says, uh, hey, son, we worked it out. Sorry for getting upset. It sucks when I have to be the bad guy. Hopefully someday you'll understand when I'm not on the earth anymore. Everybody is good over here. Grandma fell again. She's kind of dementia, okay? And I'm kind to elderly people because I'm an old man too. We have fought the war for you guys too long. And I got the word out that you need some family support. Peace, son. I love you guys a lot. Hope the best for you. Um, I don't know if you remember your second sister who died at birth. It took it hard until you guys were born. I couldn't remember mention her name without teardrops for 17 years. I'm over it. Please hold on to your dream and never settle. Boy, you, you got the championship. I hung up my gloves. Thanks for everything. Peace to you and your family. Peace out. Um, so with that message, it's like, man, it, it, again, I, like, I don't know if you guys can tell, but it's, it, it's like the, it's like the trying to gain the sympathy and like he, he is revealing a lot of personal stuff, but I understand that he's just randomly throwing these things out there to try to get me to like feel bad for him. Like the fact that he's talking about, um, you know, when, when my, uh, when my older sister, she died at birth. And so he's just like, you know, throwing that, you know, at me to try to say, do you remember that? And it's just like, okay, why are you mentioning that right now? Um, and he's just, and then he just says, I'm over it. So it's like, why are you mentioning that? Um, and you know, then, then he, again, he says, you know, it sucks that I have to be this bad guy and hopefully someday you'll understand when I'm on, on the earth anymore. So, you know, this, you know, again, I, I feel like it's, it should be obvious to, to everyone listening, and it was obvious to myself what he was doing. And um, so I was like, okay, I just, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of typing my letter. And again, he calls me again. I ignore it. And then he texts me again. Obviously, you're mad at me. Anyways, talk to you later. Love you. Peace out. And so again, he's like, obviously, you're mad at me. It's just like, and it wasn't that I'm like mad at him. And I'm not mad at him. It's more of just like, okay, this needs to be talked about. It's just like, it's something that's bothering me. It's just like, I'm, um, you know, it needs to be addressed. And I'm like, I rarely, I rarely get mad at someone. I'm not mad at him. Um, I just want to be able to have this mature kind of conversation with him. Uh, anyway, so because of that, I was tired of him. He was texting me a lot of times real quick in a row and sending me long, these long texts. And I was like, okay, I just need to like message him so that he knows that like, okay, there, I have read his stuff. Just stop responding. Just wait for me to respond later. I want to let him know that I was going to write him a letter and I'll send it later, an email. Um, so I say this, I say, Hey, sorry, I can't talk. I read your messages. Um, sorry. I haven't been able to respond promptly though, but try not to make assumptions. Like I'm mad at you though. I'm not, I have a lot of important things to going on. I'll email you a lengthy response about everything on my mind and what I want to say. I wish you would just understand my best wishes to you all. I pray for you all. I love, I I've got a lot on my plate right now and a lot to deal with. I hope you respect that. The reason I don't respond to your calls usually is because there's nothing usually to be said. You just want like some small talk, like how I've been or how's Lucy, how's Lucy, how are things? And uh, it's like you're trying to force a conversation when there isn't one. I value my time very much. And most of my experiences talking with you on the phone isn't very pleasant. You're either complaining about what's going on in your life or you try to pry into my life. 
you say it's an emergency sometimes when it's not so i don't know if it's really an emergency anyway like i said I'm, i'll be emailing you a lengthy response sometime soon so yeah i understand it's a little cold and, and blunt but um you know it's just that kind of relationship i have with my dad because i didn't grow up with him it's just i'm just talking to him straightforward how i i would um and but i i'm not, i wasn't trying to be mean i was just you know telling him like it is and uh so this is what he says in my response to that he says please don't email me we're good enjoy your life but by the way i do understand let it go maybe we can chat some later chat later peace out i'm cool with that but make sure you keep me in the loop boy talk to you soon and please don't listen to stupid people um brandon's mother finally responded she's gonna relay the message if you want to know the message call me i'm not answering any emails except for my new wife you kids keep forgetting or you don't remember what i did in order to be successful in life i used to give your mother funds to support you even though we weren't together i feel betrayed by all you guys but we're good please don't forget about your dream boy i was very disappointed when you lost your scholarship your life is not my life bon voyage i'm going to find some peace in another country love your son peace out so there's a lot of things about this message <laughs> just to break it down um you know that he's saying don't email me we're good it's like very passive aggressive you know and i don't know why he wouldn't want me to email him for a long time he's always saying why don't you like write me emails long letters he's always wants to know about me like like i said he prides in my life he wants to know even like even though like i'll call him one day you know tell him how everything's been he'll call me the next day like how are things and i'm just like you just called me yesterday you know it's like nothing's happened i just went to work and you know so uh, he's always wanted to know about my life and so he doesn't want me to email him my thoughts and stuff so it was very odd um but you know like you say he's, he said let it go um and then he's talking about you kids keep forgetting what i did in order to be successful in life i don't know what he's talking about and he's also saying that he gave my mother funds to support us even with even though they weren't together which uh that's also very um i i did ask my mom about that later and to be honest um what ended up happening was that my mom was on welfare for a long time and then um she was informed that she could be getting in trouble because she was supposed to be getting child benefits instead and so she would get in trouble for fraud or something like that um because she would be getting child benefits because my dad was on disability he couldn't pay child support and um so they i was getting you know my brother and i we were we were getting child benefits from the government and um and yeah but one time you know there was a lapse in that because you know i guess my dad got caught up with like some fraud issues um while working while doing uh disability these are by the way these are, these are all allegedly these are things that my mother told me so it's like um i, I haven't confirmed these things but this is what she told me that you know he was mostly on disability that's why my mom we were getting child benefits and then when my dad was off disability for a while um and we stopped getting the child benefits uh he did end up paying three dollars three hundred dollars a month for uh a little under a year um but this is like out of all 18 years like so when he's talking about he sent my mom funds even though they weren't together he must be talking about like that little short time under a year when he was not on disability but when he was on disability he wasn't sending any money no my mom did not get any money from um from that side of the family other than that one time so you know it's just very like what what are you talking about <laughs> um 
Anyway, then he's also saying that disappointed when I lost my scholarship. I didn't lose a scholarship. I don't know what he's talking about. So, anyways, he just says a lot of things. It doesn't make sense. So, this is where things get good. Um, I know I've been, like, really far into this podcast. And uh, it's been, like, 28 minutes. But it's going to be a long one. So, um, I'm going to take a break here. We're going to listen to some music. And then I'm going to be reading my email response. And boy, is that a ticker. But anyways, next up, we have a song here. It is um, Bleachers. Stop making this hurt. Um, Great song, but here we go. So that is Stop Making This Hurt by Bleachers. I love the Bleachers. That's from their new album, Take the Sadness Out of Saturday Night. And um, back to the story about um, my father and I. So, yeah, so he, he messaged me all that stuff. And I'm just like, okay, I got to really finish this email. And I'm taking it's taking me a long time. I, I ended up um, um, one day. And it's been bugging me for a long, long time, all month. I've been thinking about it all month. And he's messaging me this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I, got, I finally got to do it. And in my mind, there's like everything I want to say. And there, there was a lot of things going on in my life 
um, at the time. And, uh, you know, when I usually try to, when I got a lot of stress, I got a lot of things, and especially some important things I need to do or say, I, I like to meditate, you know, take the time, just close my eyes and think and just be deep in thought and just like go deep. And, and I found that um, a good way that helps me to get to the gist of things and uh, I can actually um, go to a, go to places where um, I can't really get to elsewhere. I, I took some, you know, some uh, um, substances that affected my, uh, you know, my mental state. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm beating around the bush, but I took some chocolate uh, shroomies infused with mushroom uh, psilocybin and with that i mean it was a really it was a microdose it was a small small dose and i was able to meditate think about it for hours for a long time hours and hours thinking about it and uh and then the next day i did it again i uh well not taking i didn't take the um psilocybin but i i went to the i went to uh to Close myself in the room, and uh, this is when I took the time to actually sit down, go to my notes app, and write down everything I needed to uh, to say. So here, here goes nothing. This is what I uh, ended up writing down. It's a long one, so buckle up and um, try not to, you know, I guess you know, a little disclaimer. There's a lot of personal things here. I'm gonna try to like not say some of the personal things um try to gloss over some some things but you know i i'm i'm an advocate for just honesty and truth and everything and um it's not it's you know i don't see how this you know i guess it could be a little foolish but i don't know i don't know i'm just gonna go ahead and do it it's what i feel like i should be doing other people have said i should they think it's a good idea so i'm just gonna go with my gut feeling and i'm gonna read it so I said, hey, dad, I'm writing you this message because I feel it is the best way that I can talk to you and tell you what I really feel. I think without you interrupting me, getting frustrated or hanging up on me without in written down like this, with it written down like this, it's also easier for me for you to reread it and understand. It's also a better way for me to formulate my thoughts more accurately. I'm not mad at you. I rarely harbor anger and resentment in my heart, as you should know. As far as I know, out of all my brothers, I seem to be the one who's been in touch the most. I think I talk to you the most, and I see you the most, so I think my intentions are clear. I'm not coming from a judgmental place or a place of emotion and irrationality. To be truly honest with you, I don't think you really know me, the true, real me, and that's not necessarily a problem. I don't think my mother really knows me either. Hell, to be honest, I don't think I even know, I don't even think I truly know myself. But I know for sure you don't, and my mom doesn't, and my siblings don't. And again, I reiterate, that's not necessarily an issue. I have great relationships with my mother and my brothers and uh, my other brother, Brandon, not so much. Just because we didn't grow up together by the same parents in the same house, under the same rules, with the same culture and customs. We're brothers by blood. But again, though, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I love Brandon and and because he is my brother, I will always support him and his endeavors. When it comes to my sister, though... It's very unique because, yes, we grew up together under the same house with the same parents with the same rules and everything, but we have different fathers. 
and she is eight years older than I am. And because of this, I've always had the utmost respect for her as a second mother in a way. But she too doesn't really know the true me. I think my issue with you is quite complicated though. Although you don't truly know me, that's okay. There's some things about you though that are starkly different than the rest of my family. After our last conversation when you hung up on me, I reevaluated what our relationship was slash is. I tried to really look at it from an objective point of view to figure out what it is to have a relationship with you. The obvious comes up, of course. The fact that you were largely absent from my upbringing, but also, I think, the lies and the deception. There's so much deception from you, it's palpable. And it's weird because it's coupled with a lack of self-awareness on your part. It's like, I know you aren't being truthful, yet you think you're fooling me when I know the truth. Um, there's some part here I'm going to skip. Um, now I'll say, uh, did you know that I was the one that your attorney called in the fall of 2020? You went missing for months, and I didn't know where you were. I asked everyone for months, and uh, it wasn't until later that I got a call from your attorney, and she told me everything. Um, she had to because I was the one that you trusted. I had your back, and I know why uh, everything happened. I'm going to skip everything because, you know, it's a little personal, but and uh, doesn't need it's not relevant here. But um, anyways, I say I know about your past. Um, I know you've lied to me. And you continue to lie to me to this day. And the fact that you say you are you are 12 years sober, even though we both know that you're not. Do you not remember years back when you were house-sitting one time and you called me and you were drunk and you wanted me to drive out there and hang out with you and have a drink with you? Do you not remember that? So how could you say that you're sober for 12 years when I know for a fact that you aren't? I've heard you be drunk. I've heard the same stuff from you over years. Another thing is that you want a bunch of credit for the things that you did. Wanting to let me know how much you did for us. I know the money situation from the past. You were getting disability from the state. And my mom filed for child benefits and you could, because you couldn't pay child support because you were on disability. My mom was on welfare. And the only time anybody sent her money was when you were caught up and for fraud for taking disability and working at the same time. So they cut off the disability and paid my, and you paid my mom $300 a month for a year, for almost a year. You did miss a few months, though. Never paid her back because you you were apologizing. And my mom said, don't worry about it. And you took that as my mom saying, don't worry about the money, when in fact she was just saying, don't worry about feeling bad. But you still owe the money. You also like to throw it in our face how much you supported us. But how exactly did you support us for all those years? Because the most, for the most part, we were helped by social programs. <laughs> Uh, you, you like to preface things with compassion, letting me know that you did everything you could for us, that you always thought about us, how you worked hard, made sacrifices, as evident from your recent message. And you said that you don't remember that, quote, you don't remember a lot of what I did with you when you were very young, end quote, going on to tell me how you were there for me, how you mentioned how, quote, you really get mad when someone tries to take credit for what grandma and myself and other family members have done to get a young adults secure, solid and safe. End quote. These comments bother me for reasons that are hard to articulate. It feels like you take a lot of credit for who I am and helping me become who I am. I get that it comes from an insecurity and a fear as a father. As a father myself, I totally empathize and understand how you would want to be credited for the hard work that you put in raising a child. Wanting to feel like you've been a quote, good father. I wonder that every day when it comes to my daughter. So obviously I understand you must wonder that yourself. Were you a good father? Are you a good father? You must have asked yourself these questions and probably even tormented yourself over the mistakes you've made. 
but what I think has happened is that you cannot accept that you have failed as a father. I think you try to convince yourself every day that you did the best that you could, and you try to remember instances that prove to yourself that you were indeed a good father, as evident by your example about taking me to my first day of school. I'm sure you see that as you being a good father, and you feel like you should be credited for that. I'm not taking that away from you. You did many things that a good father would do. And who am I to judge whether you were a good father or not? I don't know. I'll never know. Only God knows. But there's many aspects to being a father that it's not so simple to distinguish a good father from a bad father. What bothers me about all of this, though, is the emotional manipulation. Whether conscious or not, you tend to manipulate me and others around you using emotion and empathy to gain sympathy. You are an engineer, after all, and perhaps you do a bit of, quote, social engineering to get things that you want from people, like trust, love, acceptance, opportunities, etc. It's a form of manipulation that I see through it, and I'm smarter than that to be fooled. It's part of the reason why I don't want to lend you any money anymore and have you pay me back moreover. I get that you're trying to help, but that ties into my previous point about how you use compassion to preface things and then get what you want. You've always had a money problem, as long as I remember. Credit issues, debt, borrowing here, paying back there. Don't you think it's a microcosm of a bigger problem that you have? Credit equals trust. And that's what you lack, Dad. Not many people can trust you. And that's for a good reason. Your word isn't as valuable. I learned that very, very young. You make empty promises. And that's a very old memory of mine. One of the oldest memories I have that I'll never forget because it affected me a lot, was on my birthday, very young. I can't remember the age or the year, but I know you were living in the house on, I'm not going to say it. I know you were living, you know, at this place. And I remember you getting me a kid's Batmobile battery car. It was so cool. Um, yet I remember we had to take it back, and I got a Batman, Batman costume instead. I remember it being not being what I wanted, and I felt pressured to exchange it. I'm older and smarter now. I realize now that it was manipulation. Back then, I was too young to know what happened because all I know is that I wanted the car, which I did have for a little bit of time, and, but I ended up with a costume. It's not the outcome that I wanted, but I was made to believe that it was what I wanted. I was very confused, and it wasn't until later that I figured it out. You just really couldn't afford the car, so we had to return it for a cheaper present. Now, see, that's fine. I, that's, I don't care about that. Um, but it was the way that you did it that bothers me. You use materialistic gifts to win the love of people, and uh, that too is manipulation. You love bomb, and you shower with gifts to win the love of people. I see you already doing that with my daughter. Anytime you want to show her love, you just want to buy her something. Money, money, money. You spend, spend, spend to win love of others, and it isn't until later that you realize you overspend, and then you scramble to make up their funds, and then you're in a never-ending hole of debt that results in you borrowing from Jack to pay back Bill. Do you know what I mean? It gets worse, though, because not only do you try to use money and gifts and material things to show love, you then throw it back in their face to guilt trip them. Yet another form of manipulation. And this is all under the big umbrella of a lack of self-awareness. It's like you don't even realize that you do this. It's unconscious. It's like you can't help it. And this then leads to my next and most important point. When you're confronted with information like this of me or someone else pointing out the manipulation that you do or the lack of accountability and the dishonesty, you shut down. I witnessed this the last time we had a conversation and you just hung up. I had a lot of real things I needed to tell you and you didn't want to hear it. There's a sense of arrogance that you have that prevents you from hearing hard truths and humbling yourself enough to take it in. I have an insight on my brother and an insight about being your child 
from a perspective that you can't understand. You have no idea what it's like to be your son. And because I'm the oldest, I've seen it. And because I'm educated and truth-seeking, I recognize what it is. I've heard from my brother. I've been told things from many, many people. We all share the experience of you treating us like little kids, even though we're adults. You act like you have so much more knowledge than us, and you've, quote, been there, done that. You've lived longer than us, which will always be the case. And you use these facts to raise yourself up above us. You say things like, maybe when you're older, you'll understand. Or maybe you'll understand when I'm not on this earth anymore. It's as if you think that we'll never get it or understand. And that moment will always be in the future sometime. But you don't really think that we get it now. And because of that, we can't ever really have a real conversation. I'm at around the age now that you were when you went absent from our lives. We were like, what, four, five, or six years old? Yeah, sure, you weren't totally absent, but the time that we did get to see you significantly dropped over time from that point on. And then you spent the early 2000s in a mental hospital. That's when the deception and the lies came in. There was a difficult decision made by all you adults. My mom, you, my grandma, and my aunts. The decision whether to tell us very young boys the truth about where you're going for how long and why, or to lie to us and tell us you were away in Washington State for for work and that you wouldn't know when you were coming back there was a third option though that i don't think many of you guys considered which was just to be honest and yet still keep it vague which could have been just to tell us that you were sick mentally you made some mistakes you did some bad things you had to go away and get some help and learn how to get better but that's not what we were told instead we were told lies which was false hope my brother and i are smart very smart kids are smart don't underestimate kids and you all underestimated us. Very much so. And still. You guys thought that you could lie to us. And we would just believe it. And ignore the holes in the logic and the reason. It didn't make sense because it wasn't the truth. We eventually found out what happened. Everything. And I mean everything. And that's why my brother doesn't want to have a relationship with you. We learned very, very young to not care about you. We had to. We had to in order for us to move forward and not be hurt anymore. I just want you to know, though, that my mom never talked bad about you to us. She gave us the space to understand it on our own. She didn't put ideas in our head or anything. We were in the dark about everything, and it wasn't until we were in middle school going into our teens that we were finally able to piece it together with our own minds. We didn't need anybody to tell us certain things because we saw it ourselves. I'll never never forget two things that you did that opened my eyes to the kind of person you were slash are. One memory was when we were pretty young, maybe six or seven, I think, and we spent a weekend with you, and we were at, we were on the porch with you, and you were drinking with your friends. I remember my brother asked you for something to drink because he was thirsty, and you gave him alcohol. He didn't like it, and you and your friends just laughed about it, and when my brother asked what it was, you just told him, oh, it was dirty water. I'll never forget that. It was such a profound moment for us because we didn't know what alcohol was at that age. We didn't know that it was bad. So obviously, when our mom asked us how our time was with you, we told her about it. She was not pleased, to say the least. The second memory I have is when we were a bit older. You were with your second wife, and we were all at our grand uh, grandparents. And I remember we were all in the living room, you, me, my brother, uh your second wife and my grandparents. I remember you were getting very loud and aggressive, probably drunk, and you were arguing with your parents. I was young, and my memory isn't complete, so I don't know what led up to it. 
But one of the most vivid memories I have is of you like a monster. You grabbed both grandma and grandpa by the throats and choke slammed them down. And my brother and I were hysterical. We were freaking out, crying. And thank God for our stepmom because she made the smart decision to step away, uh, to take us away from that and put us in the other room. So very early on, we seen how crazy you could get and the lapse in judgment and how it wasn't safe to be around you. As I grew older and I learned more and I educated myself and I developed my own soul, I came to understand my past better and better. I forgave you. I forgave everyone. I forgive people proactively before people make mistakes. I already forgive them. But that doesn't take away the fact of your inability to own up and admit to your mistakes honestly, apologize, ask for forgiveness, and then take whatever comes after. And that's what I was trying to tell you the last time we talked. I was trying to tell you about my brother and why he doesn't want to have a relationship with you. And as I went into detail about the mistakes that you've made, you just cut me off and say you don't want to hear it. I could hear the pain in your voice. I know it hurts you. I know your mistakes haunt you, but you can't fix it by running away from them and ignoring them. You have to face them head on. I've learned throughout my 20s that part of growing and facing life is taking it on voluntarily and going to the places that you least want to go, taking a deep dive into the deepest, darkest of hells and facing it honestly and truthfully. Maybe you'll never fully admit to us what you did, but that doesn't mean that we don't know. I found out through different ways. I found you on the internet. Other people have told me things, all truths. I'm grateful for the people around me, like my mom, my sister, my aunts, my stepmom. They've done their best to protect us, the most innocent ones, from influence. They never tried to influence our thinking because they understood the sensitivity of the situation. And they wanted us to make up our own minds about things. I guess, basically, to sum it all up, and to put some final say and thoughts, I just have a lot of sadness. Early on, we've seen how dangerous you could be, how your word became less and less valuable, how you tried to gain the love people through gifts and materialistic things and that you had many issues and then you were largely absent from our lives especially the years where we have memories and we were developing and growing and learning about life yeah you were there when we were young but we have few memories there and the ones i do have are either bad or tainted i don't want you to think that all i remember are bad things though i remember many positive things but they are few and overshadowed by the negative we were let down we were confused and it hurt we didn't know why our dad wouldn't come to see us anymore. As far as we were told, you were just up in Washington working. That made us think that you prioritized your work over us. We felt like we weren't important enough for you to be with us. We didn't understand why you needed to be in Washington to work. Couldn't you work in California where we were? That way we could still see you. Why did why did you go away? We were left to figure all these out on our own. And because we were told a lie that you were in Washington we just had to accept that you weren't in our lives anymore. And we didn't know when you would be back. It wasn't until later that we figured out that it was all a lie. And it shattered everything we knew about you. What else were lies? We didn't know. And we were preoccupied with growing up in school and friends and finding ourselves and relationships. We had to move on with our lives without you. And I think we did it very successfully. We didn't turn out to be a statistic. We aren't in jail. We're not on the street doing drugs. We have families. We're stable. We're smart. We're healthy and everything. But that credit doesn't go to you. You can't take credit for who we became because we did that ourselves. Sure, maybe you supplied us with material things and money and clothes and whatnot. But that's not what a parent does. Anybody can provide clothes and food and money. That doesn't make them a parent. 
fortunately though the little times that you were in our lives you did try your best to be a good parent i am thankful for that but there's not much more that you can teach me now as a parent anymore there's phases to being a parent there's the early part where you have to provide for them and make sure they have a safe environment to grow then there's the formative years where you were largely absent this is when a child's brain is growing and they are able to reason and comprehend and understand the world in a much bigger way this is where life lessons are given and how the world works you weren't there for that. My mom really couldn't do much for us there, though, and I don't blame her. She was busy working 9 to 5, 6 days a week, supporting us. We learned a lot from mentors at school and our peers, and that's why my brother and I are so different. We had different role models and friends, and that's how we developed our character and personality more fully. Then, after the development years, that's when, as a parent, your child grows into a young adult adolescent, and you let them go. You let them experience life on their own and make their mistakes and you figure it out through real-world adult experience. That's when you actually came back into our lives, though, when we were like 17, 18 years old. But I don't think you were ready for that stage to let us go. It's like time stood still for you, and when you came back into our lives, it's like you didn't see the growth we made. You still remembered us as kids, and that's how you saw us, just grown kids. But you didn't get to see the growth to see us as kids and then the next time you see us we're adults must have been strange and confusing and unsettling to know that all those years are past and gone and you can't get them back but now we're all grown and experienced adults of course there's still so much to learn and i'll never be done learning but that doesn't mean that i don't know a lot i do i am wiser and i am more mature and in my humble opinion more so than you i know that may be hard to come to terms with and maybe it stings the ego a little bit Especially knowing you who proves themselves being that alpha strong male type. Usually smarter than everybody in the room. Stronger, tougher, etc. But such is life that your children will one day surpass you. My brother is bigger and stronger than you. I am wiser and more mature than you. And that's okay. I see that my daughter will one day surpass me as well. And that's great. She's already smarter than, and more talented than I was at her age. And look at me. There is so much potential that she has. But I think your issues have affected us brothers for a long time, and they have taken its toll. And it seems that I'm the one who's willing to give you the most chances and to actually make a concerted attempt at establishing a relationship between us. Probably because I am the most mature out of my brothers. But also, perhaps, I'm just being foolish and naive to keep allowing this relationship to take its toll that it does. Unfortunately, your personal life and mistakes have cut up to you, and it's causing many of the issues that you face today, like your lack of work and purpose money and debt problems, relationship and trust issues. And because of the mistakes that you made in the past, it now means that you don't have your own place to live. You don't have a stable job or steady income. And this leads to our relationship, which, in my opinion, isn't a very healthy one. It's usually very shallow, and it either involves you asking me for money or complaining about grandma or the sis your sisters, or you talk about your work. The only times we ever get deeper is when I talk about my podcast or you talk about gaming. So, this will be my final paragraph. I love you. I do love you because you are my dad. And uh, I'll still try to have a relationship with you. But you just have to try to understand everything I've been trying to say. And understand where I'm coming from. And what I need to do for my own sake. And like I said earlier, my brother and I, we learned how to move on with our lives without you. We aren't. We are used to it. Because that is what healed the disappointment and the pain and the hurt. So I created my own life. 
And as you should know, it takes a lot of focus and dedication to create a life for your family. I have to work hard and dedicate a lot of time to my family and relationships and my passions, and I'm building something. I don't have a lot of time to talk to you every day. You call me more than my mom, and she respects my time and space. She understands that I'm busy and everything, and she doesn't feel bad about it. And she's all alone. She goes about it the right way, though. And because of that, in return, I feel more comfortable answering her calls and talking to her and visiting her because it make, she makes it easy. She doesn't burden me with guilt and negativity and her problems. And she respects my intellect and doesn't talk down to me. It's all things that you do. When I do eventually get around to answer your call, I give an inch and you take a mile. You then proceed to call me numerous times in a short period of time, sometimes multiple times a day, and maybe partly because you don't have much else going on in your life. And there's always that looming anticipation that you'll just be asking me for money. How many times have I told you I don't want to do that anymore? Like three, four times? It's gotten to the point where I don't even keep track of how much you owe me anymore. I have no idea if we're even or not, but it doesn't matter. I never cared about that. I don't care about money and material things like that. What I care about is your character and attitude. So, anyways, I, I apologize for this being so lengthy. I've had a lot of time to think about this, and it all needs to be said. I'm sure there's still some things I haven't been able to fully express and say, but at the moment, I'm spent. What would really help me and what would make me happy is if you got yourself together. If you were able to not have a limited mindset that you're too old to learn new things and change. I, I would never want to be like that when I'm your age. I don't want to just give up and say I'm too old for that. Especially when it comes to learning new things or reading or whatever. I hope you're able to fix your money problems. I hope you're able to get out and get your own place. Get stable. Have a passion. And have a steady income. I know it's tough. And I know it's hard. But like I said earlier, I learned that in life, you just have to face life voluntarily. Rise up to the challenge and go where you least want to go. I hope you are able to receive this. Love, your son. So... That was my response. I try to keep it as, like I said in the beginning, <clears throat> coming from a place that I'm not being judgmental, not being emotional, not being irrational. I was just trying to be straightforward, tell them everything, everything that's bothering us, everything. And uh, I did end up telling this to my mom, my brothers, uh, well, my one brother, uh, I haven't talked to my other brother yet but and I, I, I talked to my my girl and some other people about it and every time they hear it they they say that it's really well written so i just have to take their word for it and uh, like i said earlier they they said this is something i should share with other people and um i i can see that i can see how this can help other people uh so you know, there's that. Uh, he did end up responding to me later. Um, I don't think he has read it because I did email it, and it's I emailed it to like an old email that he has. I'm not sure if he still has that. And based on his last message, he uh, doesn't seem to have read it. I don't know. It's it's vague, but I'm I'm debating whether I even should should share his last text because it is. It is very, what's the word? It's, it's aggressive. It's, uh, it's threatening. It's shocking. 
um, and I get. I guess, you know, I, I think I should because um, it needs to be out there for the record, I think, just to put a lot more context into it. So we're going to take another break here. I'll get into the last message and I'll kind of sum up everything. And um, yeah, but uh, this next song that we're going to be listening to, uh, let's see, where are we? Next song is, oh my God. Uh, of course I would put this, <laughs> uh, Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin, that classic father-son song, right? And, uh, it's actually very fitting because, um, it was something, you know, he was out largely absent from my life. And then now all of a sudden when I'm so busy, I can't talk to him. He takes offense to it, but you know, anyways, let's, let's give it up for Cats in the Cradle. Just the other day He came to the world in the usual way But there were planes to catch And bills to pay He learned to walk while I was away And he was talking for I knew it And as he grew He'd say, I'm gonna be like you Dad, you know I'm gonna be like you And the cats in the cradle And the shoes go Little boy pulling the man If I can find the time 
You see my new job's a hassle and the kids with the flu But it's sure nice talking to you, Dad It's been sure nice talking to you And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me He'd grown up just like me My boy was just like me The kids in the cradle and the silver spoon The little boy blue and the man boy We come in the summertime, I don't know when But we'll get together then, Dad We're gonna have a good time there is Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapman. And uh yeah, pretty fitting cuz you know like uh like the song says, you know, I used to want to be like my dad. You know, he was I looked up to him because and you know, oddly enough, I am a junior, so I have the same name as him. So this relationship is very uh strange, you know, I've He is a very smart guy. He he went went to school, got his degree, became a computer engineer. You know, he fixed computers. He was a um, he could hack into computers, and he he learned code. And he was he's a very very smart guy, and um, very big strong guy too. Um, he's actually he he actually was a good provider as well in his early years, but his issues with his personality and his his uh, substance abuse. And um, his mental illness and his arrogance is just um, has caught up to him. And, um, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, I, I, I've already had a lot of time to have processed and thought this through. Um, like I said in, in my letter, you know, I'll, I, I learned to think I, I figured it, this out in my teens. Um you know, I was able to figure out everything that happened, and I, I was able to, like, come and try to understand it from his point of view, and I, I get it, like, I get, you know, like, he, he made some mistakes, and, uh, he's, he's got to face the consequences, and, man, I, my mom did a great job, you know, doing what she had to do, she left, you know, like I said, my dad made a a grave mistake, um, a one that, um, I will not, share publicly publicly here but he did make a big mistake that caused my mom to leave him and uh so it was like you know i'm really proud of my mom to be able to be strong to do that because she had three kids to take care of and um you know she you know had to get on welfare and disability child disability i mean child uh benefits and all that stuff and she had to figure it out and uh and i know my dad tried um, not, I, like I said, I don't, I don't want to take that away. There's, a, I do have a lot of memories that are fun, and, but like I said, it, it feels a little tainted because it's, it just feels like love bomb. Every time I go over to him, he would just like take us out for fun, and he was the fun weekend dad. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, it was fun, but then you know he would have those moments where he's like drunk and aggressive and not safe, and it's just like it, it was like that. And then like I said, like as time grew on, and we, we saw him less and less, and we really enjoyed our time with him. And so when we saw him less and less, we were like, when are we going to see him again? We kept asking my mom. We kept asking, when is he going to come see us again? When is he come? When, 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 when? And she didn't know because they were lying to her. And they were, we, they had no idea. They, they were very dishonest, um, my dad's side of the family, about things. And, uh, but I do want to thank one of my aunts. Um, 
my aunt Sharon, she, she was able, she, you know, she was honest with us and she, um, always was there for us and she helped my mom. She helped us. And anytime we needed her, she was there. And I just wanted, I just wanted to say that, but, uh, you know, like I said, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, stuff there. And, uh, I thought I'd share, but anyways, I know you guys are waiting for that last message, but I just thought I'd read it here. Anyway, so I I assume he's still upset about that last message I sent him, where I said that um, I got a lot of my plate. You know, I'm I'm pretty busy. You know, I'll pray for you guys all, and I hope you respect that. And the reason I don't respond because you don't really have usually anything to say. I just want small. You just want small talk. How I've been and all these things, and and I told him how you know it's not really pleasant to have conversations with him and all these things, and so. Um, that was when he said, please don't email me. We're good. Enjoy your life. By the way, I understand. Let it go. All this stuff, right? Well, I guess maybe he had more to say. And he just snapped one day, maybe. Um, but he messaged me this. And he said, and buckle up, everyone. Because this is a wild ride. But he says, son, we didn't think you young adults would react like that as you currently have. Why the negative response? All we were doing was supporting you and your immediate family. Once again, we were just supporting you and your immediate family. You kept telling me that maybe, maybe, and maybe. And we we thought this guy is very young. We really believe you don't fully understand. You and your immediate family. Also, your other two brothers. We will not interfere with your life no more. By that message we read, we understand that you truly don't understand what we did at your age to provide for you young men to be solid in life. No problem. If you don't want, or if your lady doesn't want us in your life, so be it, young man. But when you get to my age, you will regret not being able to have a relationship with your family out here. Who got you? We know. You're big heads. And then he goes all caps on me right here. He's like, we care about you guys, but enough is enough. We worked 16 to 36 hours a shift. Grandma worked seven days a week to provide. All your aunts worked too. We pulled you guys through many hard times. Your other family gets to get the credit? Thank you for the support when you could. But listen, kids, how do you think you got where you are, Mr. Big Heads? And don't ever tell me to calm down when we are mad at you, young adults. Worst palabras to say to a human being when they're emotionally hurt. I'm your parent. You're not mine. Grandma is very hurt inside because of you young men. You haven't even called her to support her. Your aunt is hurt inside too. But do you understand we're getting ready to leave this planet and all you say is I don't have anything important to talk about? We thought you and your other family were smart. Listen, smarty pants, you've been smoking too much grass and it's polluted your priorities. As you said in your high school's graduation, you wanted to be a doctor. Why didn't you, Why didn't you, you smarty pants? You know what, big shot? Forget it, boy. We don't want to read what's been bothering you and your bonehead brother of yours. We thought you might not have anything important to tell us. Get it, boy? We thought we could trust you guys. Why did you thank me in your graduation speech? You have a lot to learn and all we do is keep supporting you and your family if you ever tell us to calm down again when we're emotionally mad at you guys for being total jerks when all we were doing for many years was supporting you and your immediate family i would definitely put all you young men to sleep personally it's not a threat it's my goal after what we read we do understand and quit telling us that we don't understand okay boy tell us that again too and we will show you the proof up close you're a spoiled little brat and you and you we think you people need your head examined who do you think pulled you young adults through hard times? Us, boner boy. 
<laughs> Boner boy. We are extremely mad at you for not remembering. Do you young adults have brain damage or PTSD? Forget the email. It's not important. Isn't that what someone made you text? Or is this an imposter and convinced you to text it with all your that all in your pothead brain? Son, your daughter and your girl were adored by us. But after what we read, we are not important to you young adults. I haven't drank in 12 years, and I live a clean, solid, well-respected, among my long-lasting best friends of 20 years, sober life. We really believe you polluted your brain. What happened to smart Scotty? I'm your parent. Remember that, boys and girls. We also have been to school with a degree. You don't have one. Hey, bucko. So don't ever take kindness as weakness. You young, you young adults will regret what you young adults wrote us. This isn't the smart sons we know. I'm not mad. We are irritated with you, young, you unappreciated little brats. Are you man or a bunch of drunk B? And then he uh, censors himself. Uh, I'm just going to say bastards or bitches. Are you men or a bunch of drunk bitches? We hope you get all get it, all of you. Peace out. And yes, we still care about you young adults. But when we leave this earth, we are going to haunt young adults with guilt and tears. We love you young adults. But enough is enough. Get your gang to put us six feet under. Good luck, wannabe gangster. We're not mad. We are beyond mad. We care. And maybe we might read your pansy-ass email. Better yet, have your gang shoot me again. Love your other family. But enough is enough. Bro. So that was what he wrote to me. I haven't talked to him since. Um, but, you know, because that, that line where he says, maybe we'll read your pansy-ass email. So that's what makes me think he, he hasn't read it. Um, but, you know, he went off on me. And, you know, that threat, I think that threat is, is kind of what triggered a lot of people when I told them. When he said, um, where is it? Uh, um, he would, it's not a threat. Well, he said, uh, he said, if you ever tell us to calm down again when we are emotionally mad at you guys for being total jerks when all we were doing for many years was supporting you and your immediate family, I would definitely put all you young men to sleep personally. It's not a threat. It's my goal after what we read. I'm like, bro, okay. You know, he's he's all, he's saying, uh, I don't know if you, and you notice, like, anytime he's talking about it, he's, he's, he always has to say young adults, young adults. And it's like he keeps repeating young adults, young adults. So you see how he sees us as young inexperienced unappreciated little brats and how we don't understand and you know all this it's it's typical and he's like you know using the fact that i smoke weed he's like oh is that in your pothead brain and he he holds the whole degree over my head like okay like what like just because i'm pretty much have a degree i yeah i don't have it because um i just need to finish one class but that doesn't mean that i don't have the education like a degree is a is a piece of paper the important part is the education. And I went to a four-year university. He went to, like, Valley Community College. And not to say that it's not, um, you know, not great, but, like, it's just weird that he's using that over me as, like, it's something. And it's weird. Um, but, yeah, he went off on me. So I was like, okay. So um, I'm not, you know, it, it's it's difficult for me to see a future where i have a normal relationship with him again uh, especially after that so but yeah you know that's that's the thing that's the um that's what it is but you know i'm gonna we're gonna take another break here and um, we'll finish off the podcast and i'll just kind of summarize everything 
and um and that's that's the thing but this next one is uh by weezer say it ain't so give it up
was Say It Ain't So by Weezer. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still pretty nervous about, you know, doing this, but, you know, like, I, like, I, I keep reminding myself that, you know, I, I'm all about, you know, honesty, transparency, openness, and if I'm going to be expecting that with my audience, I need to be able to do that with myself. And it's not like this is unusual. I've heard many people talk about their parents and their, you know, their personal lives in other places. And this has also been something, like I said, some people have said that I should share this. And I, I see that. I agree. And hopefully, and because of that, I do hope that I'm able to help anybody out there. You know, anybody else that's having parent issues. It doesn't have to be a father issue. It could be a mother, even a sibling anybody it doesn't even have to be family it could just be somebody you've always wanted to tell someone everything that that's um you know how they affected you and how um you know things like that and but especially for those with with missing fathers and absent fathers and you know maybe fathers who have been in and out of prison or you know um who tried their best but did not succeed you know and like i said my I, I believe my father failed to be the father he wanted to be and the father he should have been. Um, he was not in my life when he needed to be. And it was all mistakes that he chose to make. It was all his decision. Um, you know, there's no, there's, you know, there's, you know, there's no two ways around it. And so um, he's, he has to live with the consequences. And so do I. And I've already accepted this a long time ago. And I've been over it, like I said, like and that's why I'm able to have like this straightforward um, relationship with my dad. It's like I'm, it, it doesn't affect me anymore, and I'm able to say everything that needs to be said. And I said everything that my brothers need to be said too. And and hopefully he's able to get some self awareness and um, you know, actually do some deep work and. Uh, and figure it out, and maybe one day, you know, apologize or whatever, but I'm not expecting that, and that's that's another thing that I want to reiterate, is that, you know, with me sending this, it's like, that's it, like, I'm not, I don't have any expectations of him, I don't expect him to come to me and change, I'm not expecting that, I don't think he will, um, I'm not going to be upset or disappointed if he doesn't, like, it's not, like, I don't have those expectations, it's just, like, this needs to be said, you know, it's something that I've never been able to say because anytime I talk to him, you know, like I said, I get cut off or he gets frustrated or whatever. So it, if this is ever going to be said, it would have to have been written down. And I finally was able to take the time and write it down. And I wrote everything. I took hours to write that. And like I said, I was I thought about it for a month. And um, yeah, so. Uh, and that's that's it guys that's that's the podcast that's what this one's about you know and uh i learned a lot from my parents i learned especially well you know with my mom i learned how to be a parent with my dad i learned how not to be a parent <laughs> so um you know i'm not gonna be that absent father i'm not gonna put my child in danger i'm not gonna you know um uh i'm not going to um take them lightly you know i'm gonna 
I, I take my daughter very seriously and uh, I respect her intellect and I know she's going to be I'm totally open to her being better than me. I'm already telling her, like, you're better than me when I was your age, you know. I'm telling her these things, and it's true. And I'm not afraid of that. And I think my dad is. I think my dad's, you know, can't accept can't accept that. He always thinks he's got to be, like, the the smartest one or the, the biggest, the, the alpha, the top of the guy. Like, he's he knows better than everyone. It's like, trust He's like, He's always, like, a trust me kind of guy. Like, he, he thinks he knows, and he you know, doesn't like being challenged, and then, you know, so, and unfortunately, my brother and I, we have been able, we have adopted some of those, uh, those traits that can be, um, that can be a problem sometimes, and hard to, to manage, like arrogance, and anger, and short-tempered, and, and, uh, but it's something that at least we have the self-awareness to to see when it happens and we actively fight against it and we don't we have the goal of not doing that so you know we're doing something differently and right and and yeah so and then you know my mom was able to fill in a lot of a lot of gaps and a lot of holes into like the stories of what happened and you know i believe everything my mom's saying like she's she's a god-fearing person and you know she's always tells the truth like she's i've never heard her lie before and um so i believe everything she says about what happened back then and it, it, it makes sense and i don't see any reason why she would need to lie um but yeah anyways i'm gonna end it here guys thank you all so much so so much for making it this far and this is a very intimate personal um personal one so hopefully there's no, you know, backlash or whatever. I mean, if anything happens, I can always just take it down. But, um, yeah. So I hope I, I just honestly hope that my goal for this episode is to, to at least like if some if anybody does hear it, that they're able to uh, use it for their own personal life to, to have some cathartic release themselves about some things they've maybe wanted to say to um, somebody else. Maybe I can inspire you guys to to write down on a letter. Uh, everything you've wanted to say to someone and and also the great thing about that is that you don't even have to give it to the person that you're writing to just the the act just the action of writing it down and getting the thoughts on paper and to actually process through it that action actually is what the healing is that's the healing process and after you're done writing everything you can delete you can you can uh rip up the paper you can burn it you can do anything you want you don't even have to if you and if you want to give obviously that's an option but i'm saying is that the um the trick and the the goal is the cathartic release the the catharsis and releasing of the emotion and getting the weight off the shoulders and that happens by just writing it so um like i said i just hope i can inspire and help anybody out there you know, with my struggles, I'm able to relate to anybody out there having their struggles. And, you know, you're not alone and you can overcome, you know, whatever uh, you, is, going, is out there on you guys. And, you know, don't ever let, you know, where you started or your, you know, you know the, the whole concept of thrownness. We're like, we're put in this world. We don't get to choose our parents. We don't get to choose where we're born. We don't get to choose our skin color or our genes or or our sex, or, um, you know, any any of that stuff, we don't get to choose it, and we're just put here, and it's just like, boom, you know, like, we didn't ask for this, so 
just don't let the situation that you're dealt with the hand you're dealt with don't let that be you limiting on your your life and your potential you everybody has the, the the ability and the capability to overcome their obstacles and um i hope you all do so anyways i've been talking for far too long an hour 30 minutes i'm gonna end it here guys um we're gonna listen finish it off with the pokemon little root town song that i love i've been adding this at the end of my songs a lot but just my you know last minute uh plugs for my socials if you guys like to listen to this podcast if you want to listen to more episodes by me if you like one piece if you you know whatever go ahead and follow uh, find me on all podcasting platforms it's a baker turtle is the podcast name or you can find me on social media baker turtle 17 i am on twitter and instagram go ahead and check me out until then guys peace and love i love you all and um just remember peace and love thank you